Hey, welcome back to episode 151 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast on our road to number 200. This week we're taking a trip back into the Bronze Age. Um, my guide on that to that brilliant era is comics fan, creator and white pudding expert, Mr David Robertson. Hello, Tony. White pudding. How are you? I'm all right, man. All right. <laughs> white puddings. We shared, oh, a ca- we shared a couch on an episode of the T- TCS, that comic smell. Yeah, that was and, fun. And you showed me the, uh, you, you revealed the world of white pudding to me. Yeah, and a lot of uh, surprising things about white puddings. <laughs> yeah, for the after hours special. Yeah, some good information there, eh? Yeah, it Not was. necessarily always related to just eating a white pudding. <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. Yeah, even Nando joined in. He had a little conversation with us about it, didn't he? We discussed its its merits and its origins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. spicy, uh, spicy battered fried porridge. I always call it <laughs> in an effort to get people to try and eat it. <laughs> For anyone not in Scotland, it does actually look quite nice. I haven't had it yet, but I intend to. But uh, yeah, we go. and that was during a um, a little visit I did to Scotland, and I, you guys kindly invited me on to your podcast and we talked about mad magazine which is very cool good, yeah, good fun good. color hours that was um and i think if uh, as we stand as of today it's the last episode that came out from that comic smell you can find it um if you get on it and you'll you'll see it's the most recent rather episode um so get on and have a listen to it the boys were good it's a good good little fun trip yeah it's good excellent mm. well you've challenged me to read something that um i had never read the first five issues of this i'd read some later issues so i'd never read it um but you've challenged me to read it which i've done and we're going to talk about it through through it in a minute what have you suggested we read dude well it's it's always been a favorite of mine it's uh power park from that started in uh, the mid 80s early to mid 80s by louise simonson june brigman from yep. marvel comics excellent and, uh, yeah now now this is an interesting one because um, I've got some theories about why this why this exists, and there are some sort of theories as to why Wheezy came up with it. Um, but um, I think June Brigman is also credited as co-plotter, isn't she, or co-writer? Yeah, yeah, script yeah, uh, or, script or, creator. I think is she's mm, co-credited with. Yes, yeah. creators. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get a bit into the history of it, how did you find this? I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Please do. Star Wars Weekly. Well, that's a very good guess. <laughs> it's a wrong uh, one, however, though. Yeah. On this occasion, it's and uh, that's usually the answer, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But this, but this time, no. Uh, I it was one of those U.S. Marvels that you were able to go into a, a little news agent in a in a small town, and it would be sat there in amongst all the other U.S. Marvel. Yeah. So I saw Spider, uh, the, the one with Spider-Man in it, Power Park. So it wasn't one of the first five. It was a bit later on. Okay. Because I was think that was issue six, wasn't it? Because we, we stopped. We've done uh, the first five issues because it's kind of in, in new money. Yeah. It's an arc, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we've just kind of missed it yeah. to, uh, on in this reread. But there was that and then... And then like Nightcrawler was in it, X Men and things. So they were trying to get your other, uh, your readers of other Marvels to to try this new thing. So that's what I did, and uh, I, I liked it right away. 
But we used to do that, didn't we, Dave? We used to jump into a, a comic series, you know, issue 10 or something. We didn't care. We weren't desperate just to be in issue one, were we, sometimes, you know? Well, that's right. I mean, really, any any Marvel comic at the time, uh, if you were a dedicated Marvel zombie like I was, was worth reading. Yeah. Uh, and then you picked which one that you wanted to read. So the thing is, Dave, you, I always think that you've, from you know, from recommendations you come on here and talked about, you know, we talked about Battlestar Galactica, didn't we, previously? You've got a bit of a love for this era, era and sort of the science fiction end of it, haven't you, I think? Would you say that? Yeah, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that I was reading comics as a kid, and it would have been that Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica kind of era. Yeah. And also the Marvel UK kind of weeklies. Uh, covering that stuff and then D some DCs got through things like that and then there would have been a bit a bit later on when I was maybe getting into teen years where I uh, loved comics again it was renewed okay it wasn't it wasn't like I dropped it it was like no I loved it more than ever you know yeah 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 uh, and so 84 would have been as I was saying that kind of really getting going in for uh reading spider-man weekly every week kind of thing you know yeah deciding oh this is it in all the marvels that i could find i mean spider-man weekly ran for hundreds of issues didn't it you know it kept going i know it's sort of... you know i believe it was 666 bloody issues hell wow it ran for 666 weeks and it dipped in and out of formats. We had that sort of weird, you know, sideways format, didn't we? And then we had the TV, Spider-Man TV comic, which they tried to do colour on and add photographs on the covers of it, and that didn't really work. And then before that, we had Captain Britain join it, didn't we? You know, it's yeah. all, it had various incarnations, but it seemed to be that, and I think even Mighty World of Marvel didn't last that long. It just sort of seemed to be just this steady comic that was about forever. Um, it was de- it was definitely the the flagship of the Marvel UK. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I agree with that, man. And we also, do you mm. remember we had Marvel Team Up as well? Oh point. yeah, that was a good little comic. I remember that, and that came out along with Future Tense, and there was a Captain America series, and you know, yeah, yeah, Golden yeah, Times, man. Go and get your Marvel comics in the news agents. That's what you wanted. Yeah, Marvel Team Up. It's brilliant. Yeah. You got free stickers with it as well. Oh, that's right. I remember. What that could now. be better? <laughs> now for me i because i think i don't know what it's like in your, the shops up near you but for me it was like you go in the shop and you kind of if you got there just as they put them on the shelf you'd get avengers x-men iron man you know the, the more popular titles but if you got them and you want you fancy going back and getting another title i sort of i had like a definitive pecking order um mm. and this was i'm gonna say fairly low down on my totem pole to be fair i think mm-hmm. which is the reason i only picked up maybe five or six issues um and that was post this little arc so we're, we'll, i'll get you to summarize in a minute but at the end of this arc they moved to new york don't they the family um yeah. so i think i think that was the reason i think probably it may be because i'm a bit older than you and i was more um looking for sort of older people in comics i guess you know, mm-hmm. you you were more accepting of this sort of younger. I tell you what, let's get you to because we'll be rabbiting on about people people who don't who don't know Pat Pat won't know what we're talking about. So, did you want to give a little summary of what it's about, Dave? Yeah. So th- this comic's unusual because it's it, uh, for Marvel superheroes. It's it's all about little kids. Yeah. And they get the superpowers and what have you. So it opens up with 
it, it actually opens up on full on sci fi mode, which yeah. was interesting. As soon as you open it, space battles, full and then they're in, yeah, yeah, and they're intercutting that with a kind of family life for these four kids, mum and dad, hanging out. So, as this is going on, Katie is looking out the window and she sees flashing lights in the sky and on the news we have reports of ufos yeah so so the sci-fi and the family elements are starting to, to mix up as it goes along and what what we'll find out is that there's this alien called whitey and his spaceship is called friday uh, and it, they're fighting with these evil snarks and Whitey to me looks a bit like there's a there's a, a sort of space unicorn thing going on yes. there, isn't there? Definitely, there, there definitely, definitely is. Yeah, he is. He is like I mean, he doesn't have the, the actual horn, but he's definitely sort of white and pink horse. Yeah, uh, friendly alien. Um, so they they uh they start to they start to interact with each other, and um. It's all because the the, the power part. Oh, by the way, the, the the family they're all they're all called power. That's why <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. why they're called the power part because yeah. their surname is Power. So their mum and dad uh, are living there, and and it turns out Whitey uh, later explains to them that their dad is a genius, and he has discovered this matter antimatter, and that is a great power source, but also it's so powerful that that destroyed all of planet that white is from yeah so the snarks want this power uh, so that they can create weapons and take over the galaxy so that's kind of the backdrop to this and um well white gets hurt uh, as it as it goes on it's yeah i think hold on. i think we're, we're fine limited. with spoilers yeah i think let's go yeah okay yeah yeah. yeah 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 and so he 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 decides well a better pass on my some of my well maybe all of these powers he, he splits them up and gives them to to the kids and they then have each have individual powers that white had had all of these powers yeah and so then, then we have uh, the adventures of them finding out what the powers are uh while the snarks are, are trying to get them because they come and try and capture mum and dad yeah so that's the that's their thing at the time. They try and get try and get mum and dad back. They also there's also these you know ongoing worries. They don't really want their parents to know about their powers. Um, yes. and they get sort of these costumes from YT and the Chameleons. Right. Um, and oh, let, let's go through the names. So you've got Alex Power. He's twelve. He's called mm. G. His power is gravity based. You've got Julie Power. Ten. She's called yep. Light Speed. She's got that sort of rainbow light speed fast right. power you know yes. um recently um a love interest for gwenpool painful as, as it is um jack power he's eight and he's called mass master and he's got a sort of density powers which develop and are understood more as we go through the series but he at the start he thinks oh, i just can turn into a cloud that's not very good and then katie power who's i don't know what you think about this dave i'm going to say is probably the star of it there's this is sort of quirky kid with a personality more than a lot of the other ones i'm gonna say um, yeah she's called energizer and she's got these sort of energy projection powers in her hands um yeah so they're they're the family and I don't, it's a funny one isn't it because i think that 
I, I, we'll talk about this in a minute, but about this being made today, how would they go about it differently? But mm. the thing is, they do as kids who are between you know five and twelve, they do get in fights with people. There are physical fights, aren't there, with these adult aliens, as it were, and later on adults. Um, yeah, I'm not sure you'd see that now. I'm not sure. I remember I, when we when me and um, Andy Andy did Andy Zook did um, Springworth. We were told by a couple of I'm doing those finger quote things, experts in kids' comics, that you can't have kids fighting in comics because it's sort of frowned upon. But we, we went away, we went along and did it anyway, mind you. But you get a lot of that in this, don't you? The kids are in constant jeopardy, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is a good um, representation of kids and the kind of concerns they've got. But they are right in the middle of a regular dramatic story yeah so you will have them uh al- well in, in these initial ones you had aliens uh, really trying to kill them and also that the the other criminal well he wasn't a criminal but he was the, the dad's boss and he was what was he called Car- carmody mr carmody yeah and he was he was wanting to kill them and what have you mm. and they were running around dealing with this but also still having concerns like um whether the tooth fairy existed or not. <laughs> yeah, that that's a recurring one. That comes back in a yeah, couple of issues. Yeah, that was you? well done. That was good. Yeah, it was. Um, and do you know what was another interesting one? Not directly related. Well, maybe actually related. But there'd be in the middle of uh, somebody would... Uh, one of the kids was was stuck. Uh, and then he kind of thought, oh, and then he thought, I'm hungry. You know, I've not eaten for ages. And I thought that's quite interesting because you don't usually read that in any yeah, sort of heroic adventure thing. You know, no, food is not a concern for anybody. They go away for weeks on end on spaceships and, and they don't need anything to eat. And it did, I was thinking about that. And I think when you when you are a, a parent, you do kind of realise that kids being hungry, they're dependent on you to give them food, you know? Yeah. It's like we get used to going around thinking, I'm hungry and nipping into a shop buying something or having something already in our pocket but kids kind of they're not in control of getting food anyway so that that was good yeah that was interesting and that's a recurring theme for a couple of issues isn't it where they're just hungry and they can't because they can't go home and get anything yeah they're worried they're going to get caught if they they grab bars of chocolate from places and apples and things that's right yeah Mm. There's a, there's a, also Marvel to me invested in this quite heavily because it's rare these days that we'll get a completely unknown character that gets a double sized issue on release. You know, first issue was extra sized, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That, and that's the thing. This these were completely new characters. This was this was like a new original idea that was coming out. Yeah. I, I don't know how often Marvel would do that at all now. You know. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they do. I don't know. Well, they tend to do sort of, you know, it'll be connected to something else, to something yeah. else that's appeared somewhere else. But these were completely this is connected fresh. to nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. At the yeah. start. Yeah, and it isn't for the first five issues. The first five issues kind of stand on their own. It's not until issue six that we get Dragon Man and Spider Man appearing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it became known as a comic that did cross over quite heavily. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's worth saying yeah. that the first series is based in, is it California? I think it's California, isn't it? I think so. I was reading it with an eye to where exactly is this set, and I wasn't quite finding it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere, you know, where there's. I thought a, I'm being stupid again here. I think it's it's kind of like the old, um, you know, where you know, 
NASA kind of area, isn't it? You know, where there's you know, these sort of yeah. big, big business companies. And then for the for the later issues, they moved to New York, which is when I was reading it, mm-hmm. which is That's when right. they sort of bump up against other characters. I mean, it became known um, as a series about kids that deals with more adult issues later on. Yes. So um, there was, uh, I think they did one that was, was it? They did. They did one which Spidey was in. It's like a one-off issue that was to raise awareness against child sexual abuse. Yeah, yeah. Later on, and then in 1989, Power Pack and Cloak and Dagger had a graphic novel raising awareness of teenage runaways. So it was. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because these days it would be probably I'm going to say probably done in some kind of faux manga style, you know, and Mm. would, would be like. Like 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 laser sighted on a particular demographic, but there seem to be. Uh, I hate to say all ages, but you know because it's an overused phrase. But it's it's something that you know a comic reader of sixteen could read and enjoy as well as a comic reader of say ten could enjoy. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, there's, a lot, there's a lot there. There's a lot there to think about. Yeah, the only just tag is is. Often sounds a little bit like, uh, yeah, no, yeah. But really, all ages really should be a great thing. The thing yeah. I always think of with all ages is like Bone, you know, mm. Jeff Smith. To me, yeah. that's like perfect. All ages, anybody, any age can read that, and I think get something from it. That it's really good, you know. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Yeah. Um, so that's perfect all ages. So let's talk a little bit about the series. So it, it came out in um, series started in nineteen eighty four. It ran for sixty two issues, which isn't a massive run back then. Um, in nineteen eighty six, it was the backup, as we talked about earlier, in Star Wars Weekly, and then it eventually ended up in the UK Thundercats comic as a backup. Um, oh right, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what happened was Wheezy was an editor. Louise Simonson was an editor. At Marvel, and at that at that point, just prior to this book, the editors were encouraged to um, to to sort of build their their income up by writing a book as well. And it took her quite a while to come up with it. Um, and she ended up approaching June Brigman and doing this this series. Um, but the the thing with it is, I think, is Wheezy had been an editor on New Mutants and had certainly been in the X office during the you know the which was probably kind of the first spin-off of the x-men wasn't it new mutants which was aimed in its original you know 15 issues before bill sinkevich took over as a comic that was for a slightly younger reader you know like a high schooler um because the kids in that you know were all drawn as much younger yeah, and I think Wheezy had maybe seen that and thought, well, we can do one better than that. We can go younger than that, and they've gone the generation or this, you know, the the age group before the start of New Mutants, and that and that's kind of where it's come from. Um, there's been a number of attempts, as you can well imagine, Dave, at re- reimagining and bringing these characters, rebooting them back again. There was 2000. There was a miniseries, and there was a, there's been a couple of attempts at bringing it back. Um, What's her name? Um, Julie Power and Katie Power have been have been in and out of comics recently, but none of it is it really has really caught on in the way that this one does. I think this one a lot of people have fond memories of this. If you talk to people who who are fans and readers of that era, Power Pack's got a, quite quite a solid reputation, isn't it? You know, 
Yeah, I think it does. And like all of these things, in, in my mind, they're good because of whom, who made them, you know? Yeah. Um, so I know that's not the way Marvel comics works, but... I think it's the way it realised it worked. I didn't, don't I think you know? Imagine, I imagine it started off as just you know, let's get the next issue out the door. You know, yeah. who's available? Don Heck, Gene Colan, whoever it's going to be. And then yeah. they began to recognise, I think, around this period that you know these real superstars, which eventually could have been its downfall when the you know the image revolution happened. Other leads, mm-hmm. you know, people are buying mm-hmm. them because of the artists sometimes. You know, um, yeah. Weezy was a solid but, writer, though. I do, I do like her stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I think she's. Have you met her? Have you or? No. Yeah, I met her at a con. She's super nice. Yeah, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about Louise Simonson, born um, in 1946 in Atlanta. She met Jeffrey Catherine Jones whilst at Georgia State College in 1964, and they married in 1966. They moved to New York City, and Wheezy was the model used by Bernie. Oh, let's see if you know this. Do you know what cover she famously appeared on? What cover? There's a drawing of her brushing her hair in a mirror. On a cover. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Swamp Thing. It is, yeah, it is. It's, uh, that was a guess. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's good though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was mm. the first cover of the Swamp Thing, the DC House of Secrets, '92, and the summer oh. of 1971. Yeah, Bernie Wrightson, who obviously Jeffrey Catherine Jones was a friend of and the studio mate, used oh. um, Louise Simonson as the the model for it. I don't know that. That's a good one. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. She then worked a magazine company. Uh, she and Jones split, but she called herself Louise Jones for quite a number of years afterwards. 1973, mm-hmm. she met Walt, and they married in 1980. Um, 1988 to 1989, she worked with Walt on X Factor. Um, known as much as an editor as a writer, I'm going to say, um, and edited Uncanny X-Men with Claremont writing between from 137 to 182, like a real, really great period of that comic. Um, from the end of Burn through to, the, I'm going to say, the, almost the start of Romita. Um, she had um, she had a long run editing Marvel's Conan book, of all things. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? You know, these editors, they, they turn their hand to anything. Um, yeah. She also edited New Mutants, as we mentioned, and also Star Wars and Indiana Jones, which I know you're a fan of both, I'm going to say, Dave. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That Indiana Jones Marvel series was great. The, t- the creators they had, Burn was on it, wasn't he? I think Ditko was on a couple of issues, wasn't he? Yeah, he did. He'd have a lot of yeah, that was a great run, that was. Um, and extremely influential, and a lot went on in the fledgling days of what was, you know, we now know as the X-Universe, um, and when it moved from one ongoing to others. Um, she also wrote in Marvel Team-Up, Web of Spider-Man, Starriers, Starriers, I don't know how you say it, um, never said that out loud, that word. Um, and she also wrote a DC on some of the Superman family titles, and in the 2000s returned to Marvel and wrote some of their cosmic books. Um, absolutely adored by the comic industry. Her and Walt, I think, are kind of a lovely couple, aren't they? Um, I think they often do conventions together now. I saw them at Heroes in Charlotte last year, sort of wandering around, um, saying hello to everyone. Like, really nice. She's won a number of awards, UK Eagle Award for Power Pack. So particularly big in the UK, I'm going to say. The Eagle Awards were back then quite a big deal, weren't they? Did you ever vote in them? They used to put the voting forms, didn't they, in some Marvel UK in 2008 issues, right. didn't they, back then? No, I don't. I didn't vote. I don't even remember seeing the. Uh, I must have missed the issues with the, ah, okay. the forms in them. I think what happened was 2008 started printing the voting form in the back of their issue, and of course they then stormed it because you know what 2008 fans are like. You know the, oh, only, yeah. the only thing in the world is 2008. Um, 
1992 <laughs> Comic Buyer's Guide Award for the Death of Superman, and then 1992 she got the Inkpot Award for Outstanding Achievement in Comics Art. Um, 2016 she wrote some Faith at Valiant. I didn't realise that. Um, that's a, pretty much the only Valiant title I didn't read, which if I'd known she was on it, I'd probably grabbed the title. But yeah, yeah, a cracking person, really good, still about, still chatty. Um, I remember she she walked past the end of the sort of row of tables when we were at uh, Heroes and waved at us, and we waved back, and uh, Falpy <laughs> went, oh, that's nice, wasn't it? Uh, you know, the, the cold heart of Falpy melted a little. Mm-hmm. Um, the I remember seeing a photo of her in the, the bullpen bulletins page, like with, with a cowboy hat on or something. And underneath it said Wheezy. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? No, I don't know. I don't think I saw that one. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No one's ever got a bad word to say about her, have they? You know, she's one of those sort of people, you know, everyone loved. Um yeah. can't have been easy with Jeffrey Catherine Jones either, I imagine, you know, during that period. Um Yeah, interesting. Um now there's a couple of things themes that I th- I thought we could discuss that came out of it. Um the one of the big things, and we touched on it a minute ago, is um, don't tell your parents, which is mm. a strange one. I don't know if that would happen now. You know, this the, the fact they managed to keep it... I mean, God knows how, because they sort of recover their parents from outer space um, at one point in this series. And they they, they, yeah. they don't... They I think eventually they find out, don't they, further down the series. Later on, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Dave? Do you think that's something that would be allowed now? Well, you know, every time I think about that, I'm not really sure it was allowed then either. <laughs> yeah, probably I right. I mean, this yeah. comic really was quite an outlier at the time. Yeah. I mean, I think I read it thinking this thing's really unusual because it's from the kid's point of view and also, but it's not in a condescending sort of way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, that's maybe a bit of a dodge to that question, but that, yeah. that's what strikes me. Even at then, it wasn't. It's not like comics were like this back then, but now they wouldn't be. Yeah, you know, this. I mean, this one is, but so I don't know. I think I'm not sure. Maybe secret identities were definitely more in vogue back then as well, weren't they? You know, yes. everyone knows who Iron Man is. Everyone knows who Captain America is and Thor and all this sort of thing. You know, back then everyone had a sort of secret identity, didn't they? Yeah, Even the more did. ridiculous ones, you know. Um, yeah, so maybe that. Yeah, you're right because I remember that being quite shocking. Because even the Hulk comics, when they started, it was all hiding. Banner was hiding the fact he was the Hulk. He's one of the first I remember where I think he was on TV or something in the comic, and he turned from the Hulk to Banner or vice versa. And so now everyone knew, and it just kind of stayed like that. And that was unusual at the. Yeah, it's one of the big things of the 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 Iron Man movie, isn't it? Where he declares who he yes. is at the end. I suppose that's, yeah, that's quite. Yeah, a... you're right. And that yeah. was odd at the time as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe that was just the vogue for these heroes. You know, they didn't wear masks or anything, but uh, you know, they, they sort of kept it a secret. Do they act like kids though, Dave? Do you think they they act in a childlike way or? I think they do. Uh, yeah, I do actually. I mean, maybe maybe not all the time. But yeah. to me, there was lots of stuff I was reading where I was thinking. There's one bit where they come back to their, they're deciding whether to come back home or not. Because should they do that? And then, and then they decide they will. And then they go in and the house has been wrecked. And they're talking like, oh, maybe this, maybe that. And then and then it's the youngest one again. It's escaped me again. Katie, isn't it? 
Yeah. She, she just in the middle of this conversation, she just bursts up crying. Oh, I want my mum. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was good. Yeah, there's a there's a danger occasionally where I'm reading it and I'm thinking they're a bit too sensible. Yeah. You know, no more. Yeah. Yeah, you know, kids yeah. aren't. You have got kids. I've got kids. I've got a kid. You know, you're not yeah. always can live up to it. But I think from an expositional storytelling reason, they have to have that sort of stand up for themselves maturity going on. Um, yeah, I yeah. think it was okay. It worked for me okay. There were like kids. Yeah, yeah, hmm. I think so. Yeah, cool. So, what did you do, Dave? Did you go back and buy the first few issues of this? Did you? Well, Power Pack's one of those series that I've spent years just picking them up you know i still don't okay. have all of them right but i still when i see some i'll, I'll go oh, yeah there's another one you know yeah and uh so i don't have all i've got maybe what did you say 66 no yeah. i don't think i've nearly got all of them i've got maybe 30 odd or something through the run yeah so, so you i've still got lots to go so you just look look for them when you're out doing a back issue dive in a shop or a exactly or something yeah i'll go oh, here's here's power parks and i'll start flicking through and pick up another few yeah yeah that's a good way to do it i like i like to do that rather than you could easily go on ebay and order them all now couldn't you you know mm-hmm. somehow that's more fun when we do it that way yeah i was in a comic shop once in aberdeen and 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 the comic shop uh, owner was was he went power pack he was laughing at me <laughs> i thought you you bastard <laughs> I remember being like 15, 14 or 15 and going into a shop in London and asking for Yasagi Ajimbo, and the bloke just laughed in my face. And I remember going, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. No clue. Why did you laugh at me? You know, <laughs> must have just seemed ridiculous. I was so obsessed with getting Yasagi Ajimbo, I've had to ask at the counter, you know. Yeah. I guess it's like that high fidelity thing, isn't it? You're not asking for the cool record in the record store, you know. You're asking yeah. for the, 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 the wrong records. <laughs> Might well be, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so you think it holds up this? It holds up. Would it hold up to a modern reader, do you think? Well, the things have changed so much, haven't they? Because there's so much reading in this. Read, and there's so many words. Yeah. You know, you don't sit and read this in 10 minutes. The, I mean, it's packed with... Yeah. words so probably for a modern audience uh, that would turn them off yeah the first issue with this is a six issue image run isn't it yeah 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 as and i've spoken with people uh closer to our age that didn't at the time read the the dark phoenix stuff or that right and i've said this is the x-men stuff i grew up on i like this try that and, and the first thing was you know i i just can't read that you know it's just it's just too wordy i mean we all know claremont is wordy. yeah yeah but to be coming to it now you just didn't want to read it at all it's a shame isn't it because for me that's the high point of marvel comics oh yeah, well Dark certainly Phoenix. certainly yeah. x-men yeah yeah that that run blew my fucking mind i was so desperate to get the next issue you know, I can remember every yeah. panel and certain certain issues. You know, I uh, often laugh looking back at it because that was that was the first X Men stuff I was reading. You know, yeah. 
so, so it wasn't to me like, oh, we've arrived at the high point. I just thought this is what comics were like. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I just thought they were all like this, you know. And the next 40 years were just a massive disappointment. <laughs> a little bit. You yeah. thought, oh, wait a minute, I just happened to land on the uh, the best ones ever there. Yeah. I, mean, I suppose I would say that at my age. But... I still pick up fucking, I don't know, Executioners or X-Men Red and think, this isn't as good as Byrne and Claremont. Fuck this. That's right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean, man. I mean, does it stand up? With, I think there's two different questions there. Does it stand up and would it be suitable for a modern reader? And I think mm. a modern, modern manga reader wouldn't, you know, manga-orientated reader wouldn't get it. it yeah. would be, you know, it would look too old-fashioned. But if you you sat there and read it, it, it it's it's well-told, it's well-paced, yeah. everyone's full of character. The uh, June Brigman knows what she's doing around the art. You know, everyone, all the kids, yeah. that's, that must be a real difficult thing to do, to pull off just the face of a kid. You know, they're all white kids, you know, within five years of each other. Mm-hmm. Must be a difficult thing. But she does pull this off quite well. I've yeah, got... it's not something you see drawn very often in Marvel comics yeah. at all, is it? Kids. They'd have to give them different coloured hair or one would mm-hmm. have glasses or something, wouldn't they, just to, to make them look different. That would be the, the little get-out, I think, of a lot of modern artists, you know. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about June. So she's born in 1960 in Atlanta, Georgia. Her influences include Stan Drake, Gil Kane and Walt Simonson. She um, started at AC Comics in 1983. And that some work there, a very brief amount of work she did there, got her in the door at DC Comics. Other work she's done include the, Mar- the, official Marvel guide to the, the official guide to the Marvel Universe. She worked at CrossGen on Sojourn and Meridian. So I'm not sure if she was part of that brain trust they had you know they all had to go was it in california or florida or somewhere they went and worked in a studio didn't they? i know um uh, perez did it didn't they she's um she worked in the supergirl 1984 miniseries she worked at star on star wars at dark horse actually um being a yes. star wars fan did you read much of the dark horse stuff dude or uh, i did and i know the one you're talking about because that was actually a kind of power park reunion oh right in the, in the mid 90s yeah, it was Simonson and Brigman, and they were going to do this Star Wars oh, miniseries, right. uh, River of Chaos. So I was excited to read it at the time. I thought, oh, it's the Power Pack team oh, doing cool. something again. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, she was at the same event actually. I didn't get to speak to her, but I think um, Cliff Cliff Cumber, who I was there with tabling with, he got to speak to her, and he said she was super nice. Um, she disappeared a bit from our radar, which is a shame because I think she's very capable at comics. Um, and really fits into that sort of Bronze Age, into the modern age kind of aesthetic. But because she went in 1995, she took over on the newspaper strip of Brenda Star Reporter. Um, oh. And she stayed on that from 95 to 2011. So we kind of mm. lost her for, you know, a decade and a half doing that. Um, yeah. She sometimes is an instructor at the Cubit School and also at the Savannah College of Art and Design, which is a sort of quite well-known comics illustration course. Um in 2018, she worked on the um, an Ahoy comic, which is a Stuart Moore series called G- uh, Captain Ginger, sort of space pirate cat thing. Oh, yes, yes, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then 2022, she was a contributor to Comics for Ukraine, a charity comic. Not super um, prolific. We don't see huge amounts of work from her, but when we do, it, t- it tends to be good. Um, mm-hmm. Tends to be very readable, which is a good thing. Um yeah, cool. Nice one, dude. Uh, and the other one which I mentioned to you just before we started was um, there was an actual TV pilot of this which came out in 1991. 
um, at the height of what we, you know, we look back at on as you know the period of numerous mistakes made in, <laughs> made into Marvel movies. You know, we had uh, Hasselhoff's Fury and we had Dolph Lundgren's Punisher and all that sort of thing around that time, didn't we? But we we loved them nevertheless, Dave, didn't we? You know, mm-hmm. um, and it was made by Paragon Entertainment Corporation in in cooperation with New World Television. New World Cinema and New World Television was a sort of regular icon that flashed across televisions back then and movies and video videotapes it was for nbc um and it was a saturday morning live action tv pilot it didn't go past pilot wasn't picked up but it eventually was shown on tv a few times um of course they tweak it completely um there's no costumes in it and jack had the power only to shrink um and word is you know you hear these lot of rumors that it is meant to be a series of characters that are going to join the MCU, um, but who fucking knows at this point, man? You know who knows, and let's be honest, who cares uh, at this point? Um, which is a shame. I think they've missed, oh. they've missed they've missed the boat around making this uh, making this into a brilliant cartoon series, which I think it has the propensity to be. You know, yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, that yeah. would have been the way to go. I think so. <laughs> yeah, that was just bitter me giving the commentary on the TV pilot. But, you just yeah. you just mentioned MCU there, and I just oh yeah, that's going on, isn't it? You phase off from it. Yeah, you've yeah. always got to consider whether Power Pack is going to be in the MCU, and then so therefore start <laughs> start getting all your Power Pack issues. Yeah, you know, to get them together eBay. and start getting them CG seed. Just get them slabbed, Dave. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I forgot. That's what's important here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Power Park and the MCU. <laughs> and, and the other thing I wanted to mention to you is there's an aging process that goes on with these characters. So um, I think it's Julie ends up graduating from elementary school at one point. So they get they do get older as it goes mm-hmm. on, which is an yeah. interesting thing. Yeah, well, Marvel did that a bit, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like five years would take about forty years to, to <laughs> yeah. happen. And every so often, somebody would mention something having happened a couple of years ago. Do you remember yeah. when we were in Vietnam or something like that? And you're thinking, yeah. that was 50 years ago. Mate. That's right. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good. Interesting. Slowing down of time. So would you recognize, recommend Sorry, recommend this to people to go out and buy, you know, grab at a Comic Mart or something like that? I'm not yeah, sure well, if there's have. super amounts of, yeah. you know, um, collections of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think Yeah, I, think I, mean, so. I mean, with the... With the smellers, I have always told them <laughs> I liked it. I'm sure I brought it up and we talked about it. Yeah, I mean, I, Tom was asking me earlier what we were talking about, and I said, "Oh, and he was yeah. quite excited about about hearing about this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Power pack. Good. Nice one, man. Another Bronze Age comic um, there for you. Um, so let's talk about you, Dave. What you got on the bubble at the moment, man? You must be doing something new. What's going on? Oh well, I'm I'm deep in the writing scripts for other artists phase just oh, now. Oh, okay, look at you. Yeah, so I asked about 18 people if they wanted to <laughs> <laughs> I asked if they wanted to draw something, you know and so uh, I, I often do that and then think, yeah. oh great, and then I have to go and write stuff, you know oh. So is that, for a, I, is that for a single sort of experiment? That, is it, what's yeah, that that's, for? For my, that's for my own next Fred Egg comic that I'm doing what a page each of these people, or uh, yeah, that's the that's the basic idea. Sort of my guest artists. Hmm. So I'm working away on that, and then also we're still doing the next that comic smell comic. We're all working away on that. 
Yeah, there was a couple of sort of hushed conversations about that when I was up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were sort of saying That's goodbye. Taken away nicely, yeah. Good stuff. So yeah, I just I just had a thing in this uh, another uh, zine thing called trick film. Trick film. Trick film. Okay. Yeah, like like all one word. Trick film. Oh, okay. Who's that? where are they from, dude? They they're from the states somewhere or other. I should I should remember the name of the. Do you know what? I'll take my time getting the name of the guy that did it, and you can cut out the the, 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 the gut. How's that? Yeah, fine. Or, or just leave it in. It's up yeah. to you. Yeah. I'm talking through it. I've got, I just happened to have it here. Trick film. Trick film number three. Cool. And this is put together by Charles Brubaker. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. And um. And what's the what's the sort of vibe of that man? Is it a horror well, book or is it a? It's it's generally about um animation okay but then he's he's just extended it with a third issue that he wants to get more into comics as well right. so he's got a lot of different people doing little comics for it and then he's also got reviews of things it's, it's nice you know it's one of these diy theme things they're always good to get involved with yeah get you. Oh, keep you going yeah, yeah 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 nice one um so that one that one was called legacy can you hint about what it's about? Or? It, it was about. It was a thought on why, why on earth. I could read the first line from it. Please do. Here we go, and this will make you decide whether you want to read any more of this or not. <laughs> if I just find it in here, page twelve. I. This is kind of. This is this is me. And this. I sometimes wonder why I devote time and effort to making Fred Egg comics. <laughs> and then and then I'm at the drawing table there and then the second panel is what do I hope to achieve? I and then outside the window there's a nuclear bomb going off. <laughs> and then it continues on from there. And I won't tell you how it ends. Cool, so I'm in. Yeah. I'm up for that, You're man. in. Did that yeah, work? Yeah. Yep, definitely. All right. It's well, got a little bit of the Peter Bag feel about you sitting at a table there and then suddenly oh, something yeah. something much more Dave Robertson happens in the background. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's good. What, what, what a good. Uh, well, I'm I'm not unhappy with that Peter Bag comparison. <laughs> One of my favourites, as you know, Tony. Yeah, definitely. He's always at his table, isn't he? He's always at his table drawing, talking yeah. to the camera, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I like that. Good stuff, man. And what's happening on um, that comic smell? We just had that mad one, which I was very lucky to be on. What what else you got coming out? Do you know? Yeah. Well, I, uh, I actually thought Tony's going to ask me. Oh, yeah, I got you finally. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so <laughs> I, I saw that coming. And so I actually uh, got on the blower uh, to Tom and I says, you know, what have we done? I don't know. I can't remember. So he said, he told me some. I wrote them down. Oh, Here good man. Go. Excellent. We've got more. We've got another J. These are all things that are in the can. Yeah. Yeah. Already. More Justice League International. There's another one of them. Cool. Nice one. I like those we, ones. We did, uh, we did science fiction comics. Okay. I wanted to do that because... As you mentioned earlier, I'm a big sci-fi comic nerd. And yeah. I think that, that actually went into a two-parter because there were so many. Oh, okay. Cool. And then That's this year we did we did discuss the fact that Spider-Man and Thor turned 60. Oh, okay. We made a thing of that. Cool. And then there was another one that you mentioned called Forgotten Gems. Uh, but I forgot whatever that was about again. <laughs> 
The, uh, can I ask you a question, Dave? Are you a Doctor yes, Who? Yes, please. Uh, okay. Are you a Doctor Who fan? or? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Uh, old like old or new? Old or new? Well, I obviously, to me, the best one is Tom Baker. And yeah. I, I like those guys. And I like Sylvester McCoy and all that as well. And yeah. But the newer ones, I do, I do like them as well because I like Russell T. Davis writing a lot. And I've tuned in for... I always have a look at it, whatever's going on. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I, um, I just, I've never talked to you about Doctor Who before. I, I thought Jodie Whittaker was good, Doctor. Right. Um, I thought I thought the the ones before that were good, but I didn't really like the writing so much. Yeah, Capaldi With, could have uh, been great, couldn't he? But uh... yeah, he was really good, but his stories were all. I don't know, yeah, just my opinion. I thought this is just thinks it's too clever, you know. Yeah, this program thinks made... it's too clever. When I heard he was doing it, I thought, right, here we go rub your hands together, we get the new Tom, ba- right. Tom Baker on their way. Do you know what I mean? It didn't really go yeah. that well for me. Yeah. That's my memory as well. When it was when they said that he was going to be doing it, everybody just was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just an immediate feeling, but everybody, yeah, he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I do like Doctor Who, and I like Doctor Who comics as well. I yes, like me the... too. Yeah, I've got one coming up yeah. soon. We're gonna, I'm going to be talking some um, a particular Doctor Who story. Um, mm-hmm. Which is little teaser is linked to the um, a new episode coming out. Sure, yeah, yeah which I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. we're going to talk a bit yeah. about that. And that was that sort of Pat Mills, John Wagner, Dave Gibbons, Mike McMahon period was a fucking amazing period for Doctor Who comics. I think you know the Iron. That's going to be really interesting how that episode works out. How close it is to the. Yeah, it that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, good stuff, man. So where can we find you online and get your stuff? You can find me at Fred Egg Comics. <laughs> good. Excellent. That's good, isn't it? That, that's short, isn't it? Fred Egg Comics. Fred Egg Comics. Ideal. Yes. It's easy for me to put in the show notes because I can find it really Brilliant. easily. Like, like Penguin. Exactly the same. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Pop over to the um, uh, the Awesome Comics podcast Slack and you can join in the conversation there. It's, it's, uh, it's really taken off over there and we're, we're really pleased with the, the sort of space over there to go and talk about your love and comics and who's got you know who's who's the best printer and you know and what tools you can use and where you can distribute your comic and stuff like that if you listen to the acp from this week we've got um chris over from global comics which is a new venture for distributing your comics and it couldn't be easier he tells me to I'm, I'm dave and i are not the best technical people in the world but apparently you can drag and drop your comic onto the site and it takes you five minutes to stick it on there so i'm going to give it a go this week um have a listen to that one as well so thanks dave always great mate and we'll um we'll have a think about the next one i guess thanks tony cheers mate